When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. Ben, today is one of my favorite types of episodes that we do. Yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year in the podcast studio when we get to finally compile all those leftover things that we couldn't quite fit into one episode. Yeah, there's some of that, and there's also quite a bit of listener mail and mm-hmm. Facebook posts and things like that that we just simply can't get to. We try to answer as many of them as we can, Yep. but we don't always get to everything, and we've, we've said that many, many times, but um, this is kind of our uh, our... our clearing out of, uh, of our inbox, I guess. Right. And, uh, we, as we're recording this, we're not, we haven't completely convinced each other what title we should use. So we also get to kick around, uh, different titles, you know? Yeah. Some puns. 12 angry nuts and bolts that's, was uh, yours. That's one thought. That's one. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, uh, nuts and bolts, 12, the dirty dozen. How about nuts and bolts, oceans, 12. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. Now all we need is an ocean. <laughs> uh yeah, but the rumors are true. We are doing Nuts and Bolts the 12th installment and you guys we love this. We love this whole thing. Can I tell you something Ben? I think yeah. that today and I've got a, a two piles here. I've got a pile of uh just kind of notes that I've written down, you know, over the last couple months. You mm-hmm. know, just some unusual things that I've seen and some things that I wanted to bring up on this particular show. Uh, some unusual stories, things like that. And I've also got another pile that has uh Facebook posts and sure. email and stuff. I'm going to yeah. try to kind of evenly distribute these there's a couple of things here that really aren't car related some mm-hmm. that are car related some things will just come off the top of my head i guess maybe <laughs> um corrections i guess here and sure. there yeah but there's just a little bit of everything that goes on and uh and i'd like to start maybe with uh with one simple correction because it's a recent episode that we did and it's not from anybody it's just something that i was uh investigating afterwards and i think that i misspoke in one of our episodes oh lay it on me this is uh for chain drive cars okay and we were talking about the polaris slingshot Mm-hmm. And I think I referred to it as a chain drive vehicle, and technically it's a belt drive vehicle. Now, I know that's not a huge distinction to have to make there, but um, technically it is a belt drive vehicle, and I believe I said it was a chain drive, and I was mistaken. Hmm. Well, so, come and clean. You feel better? You feel like a weight is off your shoulders? I kind of do it. So it's a, this is a bit like um, confession. It's a bit like confession. I mean, this huh? whole episode will be a bit like confession. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and start with some uh some interesting posts from Facebook here. Uh, Dan C. 
uh, on Monday of this week, actually, he sent us this really cool thing. I don't know if you'd saw this. He said, here it is, the 45-gallon snowplow. I took two-thirds of a 45-gallon drum, uh, oil drum, and other various parts in and around the barn, including some stuff from an old plow, did minimal, minimal modifications to the green van, and it works great. I uh, also have a 3,000-pound winch mounted to a car seat frame inside the van. With this, I think we're getting close to feeling ready for winter this year. You know what? I watched the video for this. I did <laughs> I did see this, and I watched the video. Yeah. The, the plow was mounted to the back of the vehicle, right, mm-hmm. with, the, with the gate open. Yep. And, uh, and he, he took the uh, bumper off. He, oh, yeah, that's right. He took the bumper off, and I, I watched him plowing. Uh, it looked like a field, I mean, pushing snow up towards a, a big wood pile. Uh, but it looked very effective. What a, what a cool way to do that. So it's a, a low-dollar way to put a snowplow on a vehicle that really shouldn't have a snowplow on it. Yeah, yeah. That, I thought that was uh, super creative. Very creative. If I could weld, Ben, you can, you can do anything if you can weld, can't you? <laughs> I mean, really, true. it's a great skill to have. If, if it that's, is. If that's one thing that I could I could tell you know, myself, like go back. You know, If I could go back and tell, uh-huh. say, you know, say, well, this is, I'm your future self. To young Scott Benjamin. To young Scott Benjamin, I would say learn how to weld. Stop hot riding around the high school parking yeah, lot. Yeah, quit hopping around here like Johnny Hot Sauce and uh, <laughs> get your act together and learn how to weld, will you? Yeah, you can write your ticket. Uh, you can, uh, welding is a skill that one can wield well. No, not bad. Oh, that was tough. My Tennessee almost came out. Hey, Ben, let's take a minute to pause for a word from our sponsor. Ah, do you mean pause, P-A-W-S? Would I say it if I didn't mean it that way? <laughs> uh, I hope that you did, because today our sponsor is BarkBox. BarkBox makes the perfect gift for the love dog in your life, whether this is your parent's dog, a friend's dog, or, hey, even your own pup. Yeah, that's right. BarkBox is a monthly subscription service where you get a box of high-quality, fun, and healthy treats, toys, goodies, things like that for your dog. Each box contains four to six awesome Full-size products, Scott. This could be everything from an innovative toy or gadget to uh, all-natural healthy treats and a few surprises. That's right. And each month, the box is brand new and different, so it's full of great surprises for your dog, including unique products that you won't find at a typical big-box pet store. Now, Scott, you have a dog, right? I do. Yeah, and I have a dog, and our dogs deserve the best. All these treats are sourced from the States and Canada. The chews are made in the USA, Canada, South America, Australia, and New Zealand. Yep, and there's a few things that these bark boxes do not include, and that is rawhide treats or anything that's processed with formaldehyde. So there's minimal processing, and they often use organic you know, items in these boxes whenever mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, also, BarkBox products contain no glycerin, wheat, gluten, soy, corn, or fillers. So rest assured, everything is paw tested by their office pups. They actually have dogs in their office testing it to make sure that your dog will love it. And here's how it works. You go to BarkBox.com forward slash car stuff and then select the size of your dog and choose between four different subscription plans. And here's the best part of this whole deal. Ah. This is the holiday season, right? Mm-hmm. BarkBox is offering an exclusive gift offer, which has never been given before, 10% off on gifts. So act now before it is too late. Check out BarkBox.com forward slash car stuff. Let's get back to our topic. Here's a great note from our longtime listener, Richard R. Oh, yes. You yeah. know what? Oh, keep reading. Okay. And I've got an answer for Richard. Oh, okay, good. Do you know what I'm, I'm about to read? I, I think I do. All right. Uh, So Richard says, first of all, I'd like to know some things. I used to be in the tire business. There's some jargon that I don't remember. I think the grooves in tires are called sipes, but I can't remember what those little bumps are where tires are molded. They look like hairs coming out of the tires from the excess rubber. I also think it would be a good idea to tell people about hydroplaning 
If you haven't already, have you guys ever done a podcast or partial podcast on tires? Uh, there's a little more. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Yeah, I think we have. We, we have done a podcast on tires. Yeah, and uh, and also maybe touched on hydroplaning, maybe not the full episode, I think. If we did, it was a long time ago, and it was about car control, and I think there was a law. Yeah. There's a state law that's named for some uh, some young driver who mm-hmm. uh, encountered that situation and didn't turn out so well. We also talked a little bit about it in swerving, you know, the old debate whether you should turn in or out of a swerve. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, car control. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess fishtail control. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I don't know what it would be called, but, uh, yeah, we've kind of touched on it, but maybe hydroplaning is a, is a good episode on its own because mm-hmm. we describe exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary situation. Uh, so Richard goes on to say also some fun stuff. I took some people, family and friends to this racetrack where the person who hired the limousine rented, cause you guys remember Richard drives a limo, uh, where the person who hired the limousine rented the raceway and took his car so his family and friends could drive around the track. How cool is that? Yeah, I looked up the, uh, the raceway as well. Yeah, Button Willow Raceway. Yeah, very nice looking road course with lots of configurations. Yeah, I mean, over, it, uh, depends, it depends on who's racing there. I guess mm-hmm. the configuration they choose, but. Really cool track, Button Willow, California. But, uh, yeah, Richard is always a, our go-to guy for limo information. Right? Oh, yeah. So he's coming to us <laughs> for this, this, this answer. And I, I apologize, Richard, for not writing back sooner than this. I mean, it, I think you wrote us on, on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're just not getting back to him. Sorry about that. But, um, I do have an answer for you. Um, you know, you mentioned the grooves or grooving that's on the, uh, on the tires. And this is, this one I've only got kind of a partial answer for, but, uh, Sipes are the, are the, uh, Slits that are on the side of the tire, on the shoulder part of the tire. Yeah. The grooving is in the middle part of the tire, or the, the main part of the tire, if you want to think about it that way, like the, where the contact patch would be. On the tread. Yeah, the sipes are on the shoulder that kind of go up and around, and mm-hmm. you can see them from the side of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I haven't really got a specific answer for this because it looked like they're the the, uh, the part of the tire that, or part of the grooves that doesn't connect to the main part of the grooves, like they're the, uh, the slits cut in the side. Sure. And you can get your tires siped, which is... Uh, I don't know. I've never really thought this was a good idea, but uh, when you get a brand new tire, you can have an extra service that they call siping done mm-hmm. to them, where they cut really tiny little slits in the uh, in the tread blocks, and it supposedly allows for better traction. That comes from a guy that used to work in a um, in a slaughterhouse back in the 1920s. That's where all this comes from. He <laughs> cut he cut sipe grooves into his. Uh, rubber rubber sold shoes uh-huh. back in the 1920s. Oh, when he to was, get traction. Yeah, because he was walking on this slippery slaughterhouse floor, which is gross to think about. Sure, blood but, and dirty but water. But he was slipping around on these rubber sold shoes, so he cut these little tiny grooves in his in his uh, shoes. Mm-hmm. Realized it worked, and then he patented that and sold it to the tire companies. Dude, that's fascinating. It is. I mean, and I I don't I can't tell you that that's for real what it is. I mean, that's kind of the lore that goes along with this. Um, okay, and then the last thing, and I do have an yeah. answer for you here, yeah. Richard. Those tiny little hair-like bits of rubber on your car tire or your bike tires are called sprues. And the way it's spelled is S-P-R-U-E-S. They're sprues. Huh. And those are uh, the little bits of rubber that went into the vent holes when the tire was being molded. So when it's uh, when it's liquid, when they're injecting you know, the mold or they're pressing it into the mold, mm-hmm. uh, they have these air holes. And that's the just the little bits of rubber that kind of squeeze out through those those holes. So you can... You can remove them with no harm. I mean, they're they're not really an integral part of the tire. Yeah. It's just part of the manufacturing process. So, If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. 
It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um... Yeah, sipes and sprues. Nice, nice. You sorted up. We've got another letter here. It's an email from Jason M. Jason M is an automotive engineer currently contracting at Google. And uh, I think you saw this one too. Mm-hmm. So just listening to your podcast, really enjoying them. We appreciate it. He's writing in response to a couple of episodes. One is about the Camback. He said, you asked why don't Bonneville cars have a Camback? I've been to Bonneville many times. It's a religious experience. Go. Seriously, this is not optional. Just go. And I've been heavily involved in the design of a small streamliner. So he's actually building one of these. He said, the reason streamliners don't do the Camback thing is stability. And he said, of course, you guys have seen the world's fastest Indian. Remember when Burt Monroe was uh, holding the pencil and blowing on it? Aerodynamics, especially at the salt flats, like throwing a dart at a dartboard. Center of mass must be in front of the center of pressure. Small heavyweight in front, light big fletching in the rear. It's very common for cars to get this backwards or just too close together. Not coincidentally, it's also very common for cars at Bonneville to spin out. Ever throw a dart backwards? Mm-hmm. No matter how hard you try, it always goes forward. Ever throw one without the fletching? Also, a long wheelbase gives some more straight line stability. And Jason went on to write some uh, awesome stuff about radial rotary and uh, some clarification with the camback. Uh, he said, I love the moose test episode. Oh, very good. And uh, he also, he said, uh, when we did our most complicated engine podcast, he said, uh, guys, the old 215, I know this is someone else's list, but... The only thing complex is it had a turbocharger with water injection, which is all fairly common stuff. It's the same base as a Buick Nailhead, later bought by Toyota, used in Land Cruiser, and later formed the base of Lexus engines. I knew we were going to get some people saying uh, that the complicated engines weren't as complicated. Well, sure, but that was 1962. 
Yeah, I think there's a context there. Yeah, I think there is. And again, that's uh, somebody else's list. But what I do, you know what I love about this uh, this note? Yeah. Is that he compares uh, the high-speed cars of Bonneville to throwing darts. And really well. That was yeah. well written, Jason. That is. That, I can completely picture the way that he has laid that out there. That was uh, that was really well written. I, I mean, he's that. an engineer. I, so. I, I like it a lot. So uh, thank you so much for writing to us, Jason. Let's move on. Uh, Scott, do you want to do some more mail, or do you have a, you have a car story for us? Uh, you know what? I've got a couple things that I'll just kind of quickly yeah, just yeah. get out there. And, um, again, some are auto related and some are not. Um, but let's, let's start with this. Okay. I was thinking the other day, the other morning, we were, uh, we were, you know, doing this, uh, this exotic car shoot, right? Mm-hmm. We we're talking about Ferraris and we we're talking about mass production. Cause remember they started out the first year they built like two cars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now they're up to 7,300 cars a year, something uh-huh. like that. And they're, they're somewhat automated. They're like semi automated. They, they do all the fit and finishing at the end by hand. They still hand. have a lot of hand yeah, work. Yeah. yeah. The end work, like the end product is hand assembled, but there's, there's, uh, um, mechanisms in place elsewhere that, that, uh, you know, robots that put things together. Sure. All right. So my, my question was this. I wonder what's the absolute least number of people is necessary to build a modern production car. Oh. Now, I mean, okay. if you have a big factory and you've got, most of the line is automated. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But you've got, you know, this this enormous, uh, you know, I don't know, 50,000, you know, I don't even know if I should say a number, maybe a 5 million square foot facility. Sure. What's the least number of people that you need in that facility to put a car together from start to finish? Well, that's a good question. Do you have the answer? I don't, I, I don't have the answer. And that's the thing. Like, you know, what what is left in assembly that has to be done by hand by a person? I mean, now, is there anything, or, or could it completely be huh. automated? Well, okay, I think part of the answer will be found in uh, our sphere of uh, what counts as building the car. So do we then count the people who transport the materials to the factory? No, I'm going to say, like, in the in the factory itself, like, where they do the assembly. Okay, well, you got to have at least one or two people to take care of the machines that are doing everything. Yeah. So... I mean, what about, what about, uh, I mean, could there be robots that go around and fix other robots? Is it possible? That's crazy future talk, Scott. I, I mean, I know, but is it, is it possible? <laughs> it and, is you know, possible. It might not be possible right now, but that maybe, maybe you make a good point. There's probably got to be maintenance people. With, within eight years, I'm sure. And there's people that drive the end product off the end of the, you know, at the end of the line, they pull them out of the parking lot, but that could be automated in some way. Have you ever seen the footage of those super creepy automated IKEA warehouses? I have, yes. Yeah, where they just, they don't need lights because robots don't need to see. Very strange idea. It's weird, man. But, uh, yeah, to answer your question, it is, it is possible, um, especially with the rise of intelligent autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be possible for an automated factory to manufacture a vehicle that drives itself to the dealership. Yeah, this is strange. It's a strange idea, I know, but it, it just would make you think, I guess, like, what, what's the absolute least number of people necessary to build a modern production car so think about that for a while you know write in if you have experience in this and you can say there's there's at least six jobs that that have to be done by human and oh here, yeah I'd love and, to hear and here's why not counting administrative work you guys <laughs> don't don't I mean, name some, don't name six people in hr to supervise one guy <laughs> i mean i mean uh yeah the the robots aren't going to um you know harass each harass other, each other. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so well they'll they'll get around to it uh here, just uh, some quick um, car stories. Okay. Some which are apocryphal, some which are definitely true, and some which are in between, right? Mm. Uh, and also, 
Before we jump into that, let's just give a big shout out to our super producer, Noel Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, the man himself. Yay, Noel. <laughs> um, every so often, Noel uh, will look up if we say something that he thinks is funny or dumb. And uh, I consider it a great, I, I consider it a great honor when I can hear him chuckle a little bit in the background. Yeah, it's tough to do. Yeah, it's tough, man. He's a tough crowd. Ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> difficult room. Uh, it's a difficult, it's a tough house. I need a tie so I can do that, uh, what Mel Brooks thing. Oh, Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney yeah. Dangerfield, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Apparently, somebody stole Mr. Rogers' car. Have you heard this story? No. Apparently, a long time ago, uh, someone stole Mr. Rogers' car and when they found out who it was after the theft was reported on the news, the thieves returned the vehicle with a note that said, sorry, we didn't know it was yours. Wow. Which I, you know, I haven't confirmed this, but I believe it could happen. You know what? That's that's a feel-good story right there, Ben. That's nice uh, that somebody would do that. Because uh, that guy, I mean, everything I've learned about that guy, Mr. Rogers, it seems like he was really on the level. I mean, he was he was what he portrayed himself as on television. He wasn't like one of these guys that, you know, says one thing on TV and then acts a different way in his personal life. It seemed like that was just the way he was. Mm-hmm. The genuine good guy. Yeah. And a uh, former Marine, too. Really? Which a lot of people don't know. I don't think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, mm. So here's another thing, totally different. Um, an update on the state of cars in Cuba. Now, remember, Scott, you and I did a podcast a, a while back on Cuban cars, right? We did. And uh, because of some sanctions that the United States imposed on Cuba, uh, there was a freeze on the kind of cars they could buy. So um, DIY mechanics on the island have done just astonishing work. Yeah. Phenomenal work to keep those old cars on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the uh, some of the ingenuity that they show mm-hmm. in keeping those on the road, you know, with uh, the wooden parts replacing metal parts. Right. Fabricating your own parts reliably. Yeah. Incredible stuff. So here's the news. Earlier this year, the Cuban government lifted their own internal sanctions, right? You heard about this, right? Mm-hmm. So people could freely buy cars if they wanted. Uh, the U.S. still bans automobile exports to Cuba, but uh, other manufacturers like Peugeot in France uh, can sell to them just fine because these are, you know, unilateral U.S. trade restrictions, right? Uh, however... There's a catch. Huh? There's a string attached. You already know what I'm going to say, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, the markup on these things is ridiculous. And guys, you know I'm cheap, but despite my bias, I think you will also find this ridiculous. A new vehicle, a new car, because of these markups, can cost anywhere from $91,000, now that's the bottom price, to $262,000. Scott, this isn't a country where the average person only earns about $240 a year. Also, now wait, okay, so $240 a year, and we're talking about an entry of $91,000. So, yeah. and we're not talking about any kind of high-end luxury or sports cars. We're no. talking about, these are, these are your average sedans. Sure. Yeah. These are things that would probably be, what do you say, mid-30s, mid-30,000. Uh, so they're available. You can get them. It's just they're unaffordable. And the problem is a lot of cars from before the sanctions, you know, are, are 60 year old, years old now, Scott. And no matter how, um, how carefully and tenaciously and doggedly you maintain the vehicle, um, and treat it well, the, the truth of the matter is that you cannot have a daily driver for that long 
and expect it to survive. Yeah, there's just too much going wrong with it at one time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to get to the point where they're unable to put a Band-Aid on that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's going to be the problem. All right, so I've got a couple things here that I'd like to cover. If that's yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, and I'll do these kind of quick. Um, this is something interesting that I saw while I was on my way to work. Now, this is about a week before... Halloween. So I'm, I'm a little suspect when I, when I, uh, when I mentioned this, but, yeah. um, I was on the highway. I was on the, on the main road coming into the office here and a, a cyclist. Now there's a heavy traffic and there's a, a shoulder lane. Okay. And, uh, you know, usually buses go in that lane. I think in the morning there's a certain hour or two when it's allowed, you know, you can travel in that lane. Right. Yeah. And a guy goes flying by in the, uh, in the shoulder lane on a motorcycle. And here's what's unusual, Ben. He's wearing a green, Money suit, like the guy in that Geico commercial. You what? know where the money peeled yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, now, the, the difference what? is, yeah, this is so weird. And the reason I mentioned the <laughs> Halloween thing is because I was thinking. It's a costume, hey, right? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But what's he doing on like a, you know, random Monday or Tuesday, headed into work, you know, or wherever he's going? Yeah. I mean, it was a full week ahead of, or, you know, five days ahead of Halloween. And it wasn't on a weekend. Right. So he's not really going to like a costume party or anything like that. I mean, I don't know what the guy's deal Maybe was. Maybe he but stole a suit of money. This is so weird. And the way I the way I would describe it, and I only had a few seconds to see it. It had, sure. it did have that like, kind of like loose bill look to it, like where there were things flapping in the wind, fluttering. Yeah, but they looked like they might have been leather. And I couldn't tell if he had his face painted green like the guy did in the commercial or anything like that. He had a silver helmet on, like um, a chrome helmet. Okay. And uh, I. I you know, I would never know if it was a guy that's normally on that road at that Maybe time. Maybe he's like a performer. I don't know, but it was just a, it was a really, it was interesting to see it. It was a good lookalike. I mean, it really was, it was, <laughs> it was quick for me. You know, I saw it for like three or four seconds and it was that fast and he was gone. Gotta be like an office party or something. I don't know, but it was such a, it was such a fascinating costume. And, and if it was leather, how expensive is that costume just to make uh, for that one man, day? I don't know. Yeah. Might as well be made of real money. I mean, it was, uh, it was really interesting though. All right. Um, and I'll do a couple more things yeah, yeah. here just quick. Not that there's anything detailed about this. I just kind of, kind of put this on everybody's radar. Micro SUVs. You ever heard of micro SUVs? And you're groaning no, already. But I don't, right? Well, no. Okay. Can I be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Heard of it. Don't like it. Okay. So you've heard of them, but you don't like them. They're built on a, a sub compact car frame. Yep. They're they you know high seating position which everybody says is the uh, the number one thing that they like about these SUVs, right? Mm-hmm. They always say that. Mm-hmm. Um you know you can carry some stuff in it unlike in a like a little you know small small micro car. Right. Um 30 plus miles per gallon, something like that. That's good, I guess. That, that's good. I'm not a fan of these either, but I just thought I'd put it out there that there there's something called micro SUVs out there. They're a thing. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people are really talking about it. But them they right just now. seem like because of their footprint, the ones I've seen are crazy, like top heavy. You yeah, know what they, I mean, I think they could flip super easily. They do look like that, and I think a good example of this, and I, I think this is one. I'm not sure how it's classified, but that BMW i3 mm-hmm. is that one. It may be. You know what? That's a good nominee. I, I think it is. That's yeah. kind of the look. I mean, it's it's very squat and very tall. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like that's about um, you know micro SUV proportions. But yeah. anyways, I just thought I'd throw it out there that they're a new format. Oh, uh, can I throw out a PSA? Yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this public service announcement of Car Stuff. We want to warn you about game shows, particularly prizes in game shows, especially cars as prizes in game shows. You know, you've seen that thing, Scott, where someone's going, and your prize is a brand new car. Oh, yeah, and the crowd goes crazy. And the crowd goes nuts, and everyone's like, oh, man, I wish I could have a free car. Yeah, the contestant faints. Yeah, 
Right. The contestant may be fainting because they're happy, but uh, they may also be fainting because they realize that it's not a free car. Yeah. You still have to pay sales tax in the United States. Uh, so this varies from state to state. Uh, a lot of people didn't know about this until an episode of the Oprah Winfrey show in 2004. Uh-huh. You remember this one? I think I do. Is this the Beatles story? Right? Yeah. The entire, uh, it was a uh, Pontiac G6. The entire audience, 276 people, Scott, they all got a car worth $28,500. Uh, so that makes the final price tag, again, not counting tax, $7.9 million. Um, but the tax bill that people got for it? It's around six grand. Wow. So everybody in the audience had to pay $6,000 for this, uh, for this free gift. Right. So, uh, you know, a lot of people just couldn't do that. Yeah. $6,000 is a lot of scratch. It definitely is. And for something to just be kind of, I mean, it's nice. It's nice. It's a gift, right? It's a nice gesture. But, uh, you know, here's, here's a gift. And then, by the way, uh, you know, get out your checkbook. Right. So we've heard about this, uh, you know, people have kind of, there's been rumors about this ever since, you know, like the early game show days when they started giving out cars because, Before that, you know, it was a big deal if you won a, a stove or something like that or, <laughs> right, or yeah. a washer and dryer. That sure, was, yeah, a, yeah. you know, appliances were a huge deal. And then when they started giving out cars, people went nuts. They thought this was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then there was always kind of that rumor like, yeah, it's a good deal, but you got it. You got that big tax bill to pay as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as you win the, uh, the showcase showdown. Same thing with boats. Same thing with boats. Okay. Mm-hmm. But boats. what's weird to me is shouldn't the show pay for it? And then um, also, just in case you guys are ever in this game show situation, remember, this is this is actual advice from Scott and I. If they offer you the car, you say, can you give me cash? Hmm. You know, just I would rather have cash. Nice tip. They'll probably say no. You know what? In the in in the modern day, you know, when the, when the gifts and the uh, and the prizes seem to go into like, you know, the the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for some, yeah. in some cases, yeah. it seems like they might offer a car and say, yeah, of course, that's tax-free. You know, we've already paid the tax for you, the sales tax for you. Uh-huh. Maybe they would, but um, I, I don't know. Or, or your your winnings would be enough that you could absorb that. Yes. I, I don't know. I, but, you know, back in, let's say, the nineteen six late 1960s, mm-hmm. they're giving out, you know, a giant Cadillac oh, yeah. uh, to somebody on let's make a deal or whatever. Um, I bet that tax bill really hurt them at that time. I mean, it had to have. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I also this also makes me wonder... What are the strangest things that game shows have ever given away? Oh, the weird things. Yeah, you know, Japan gets pretty weird with their game shows. (laughs) Yes, I do. They get really weird. This is totally unrelated, uh, so we'll examine it in a later episode. But uh, what what do you have? All right, I'm going to do a couple more quick things. Okay, this is just something that's been driving me crazy recently. What's that? uh, And I hope other listeners are feeling the same way about this, but... General Motors cars and trucks that when, you know, somebody is walking back out into the parking lot, you know, from, uh, from going into eat or, you know, shopping or whatever. Sure. And they come back and they hit that button on their key fob that, that is, uh, to unlock the doors. Mm-hmm. When they do that, General Motors cars and trucks, um, they, they illuminate the reverse lights as oh, part yeah. of the system and, yeah. it, and they stay on. Mm-hmm. So here's the problem. This happened to me so many times. I'm walking back to my car, and someone behind me or in front of me or wherever, they hit that button, and then the car looks, I mean, to me, it looks like that vehicle is backing out. It's about to roll. So I'm walking through, and I'm kind of like, I'm cautiously approaching, and then I'll even stop and and see if they're going to go. And then you realize that there's no one in there, and then someone walks up behind you with two shopping bags in their hand, and, you know, they they also push the button to open the gate and, uh, and, and dump it in there. Or I'm trying to back out from the opposite side, you know, like on the other side of the aisle, mm-hmm. and somebody has pushed the button, and I think that car is in reverse. I'm going to wait. So I've, I've sit there waiting, and then it's 45 seconds later, and they still haven't moved. And then, again, somebody walks up with shopping bags in their hand, and then they all pile into the minivan or whatever it is. That That reverse light feature on GM cars and trucks is driving me crazy. Oh, have you ever been driving in a crowded parking lot looking for a spot to park? And you see the reverse lights? I, I, you know what? That's one situation I haven't happened, had happened yet. I've been more in the position where I'm waiting for somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's better frustrating. So anyway, that's, uh, I wonder if anybody else is experiencing that uh, or is angry with that. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we have next? How about some listener mail? Let's do listener mail. All right. So, um, all right. Here I've got one from uh, Josh Baker. Josh Baker writes in a lot, and uh, hey, Josh. this is uh, something from Facebook. That's why I'm using his full name. I know that he doesn't care. Um, <laughs> so Josh writes in, and he says, I read an, an MSN Autos Hot Rod article magazine earlier this morning on a place that looks like a fun place to kind of tool around, and I don't think it's that far from you guys. It's called Old Car City USA, 
and is located in White, Georgia. And he says, I was going to add a link to Facebook, but I didn't like the link, et cetera. And, uh, and I'll tell you, Josh, this place is really close to us. I mean, it's, it's just up I-75, uh-huh. not that far from, I think it's Highway 20 or something like that in White, Georgia. Field trip? Yeah, definite field trip. This is a place that it's a few bucks to walk around. You can take photo. I think you have to pay extra if you're going to take photographs. I'm fine with that. It's, it's an unusual place. <laughs> he won't he won't sell parts to any of these cars. He will only sell the entire vehicle. Um, but it's an it's a collection that spans acres and acres. And you walk through the woods, and you know if you if you look online for like um, abandoned old cars and woods or whatever, you're going to find you know the moss covered cars with trees growing through them and things. Mm-hmm. This is that scene. This is oh. the place where. Professional photographers go here to take, you know, some, some, uh, almost like calendar shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful scene. The cars are, are laying there just kind of rotting back into the earth, you know, as a lot of these collections are. Ouch. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's others that are in savable condition, but, um, yeah, definitely, Josh, we will check that out. But, uh, White Georgia, it's called Old Car City USA if anybody wants to look it up online. Uh, and I, you know what? I hate to say it, man, but we're going to have to do another nuts and bolts because we're running a little low on time, but I feel like we barely scratched the surface oh, of anything. We have. We've barely gotten into it. I've got some interesting stories from, from coworkers here. Yeah. Uh, one that's really fascinating. Well, so, let's at least do that one. Do you want to? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, okay. Let's do that one then. And, uh, then we'll have some stuff left for next episode as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Paul, Paul here in the office. Right. He's our producer on brain stuff. Exactly right. And Paul. Uh, had a unusual situation happen the other day to his girlfriend, and I found this really fascinating. What was going on? Hmm. He he came over to my desk. It was on a Friday afternoon, and he said that um, his girlfriend had just gone to a national chain for um, an oil change. Okay. And I don't know if I should mention the chain name or not. You can get an oil change quick there. Okay, that's um, that's probably enough of a hit. different word. I don't know. You know, you know, you used to make those, uh, you used to make popcorn on the stove. Yeah. And it would pop up in that kind of tinfoil thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was that called? Was that Jiffy Pop? Yeah. I think yeah, it was. Jiffy Pop. Okay. So this is a place where you can go and get a lube job. Um, I don't want to give the name out or anything. Right. But, uh, right. So this is his girlfriend, right? Uh huh. And, um, so she went there to get, you know, just an oil change and she's in the waiting area. And the guy comes out and he tells her that, uh, she needs an automatic trans flush and a coolant flush. And this, mm. the service is going to cost, $250 for both things, right? You know, both services. And right. she says, I, I'm really not in, you know, I'm not position for that, that right now. That exactly right. Expensive. Sure. Et cetera. And he says, we'll tell you what, you could come back later with $100 cash and uh, we'll go ahead and do the service for you. Uh, that's and sketchy. He says, uh, no, I'm not really interested in that. Uh, you know, as, as, you know, exciting as that sounds to be able to get the deal for less than half, I'm not going to do that. Uh, it doesn't sound like a good deal. And he says, all right, fine. And he, he kind of wanders back in. And she says, you know what? I've, I've got to step aside and make a phone call. So, you know, just do the oil change and I'll, I'll be back in a few minutes. Sure. So she comes out and calls him and tells him what's going on. Yeah. Right? So she goes back in to pick up the car and the guy says, Hey, by the way, we did those two services for you. We, we did the automatic trans flush and the coolant flush anyways. And uh, he says, I, I thought you looked like you're trustworthy. I can trust your face. Uh, why don't you come back with that $100 cash this evening? Whoa. I, I trust you to do that. No. And, dude. uh, <laughs> so I was thinking, this is really weird. I mean, this is, a, you know, when he told me about this and I said, you know, this, there's, there's nothing right about this story. First, yeah. it's a national chain that we, we really can't mention the name of. Right. Yeah. And, if um, we, if we mention it, then we could get sued in a jiffy. And the guy, the guy, <laughs> and the guy says, you know, I'm okay. Well, we, you know, we, we, understand you don't want to do the service and then he goes ahead and does it anyways Mm, no but here's the thing like the phone call that she made 
only lasted about 10 or 15 minutes. So now there's also the question, did he even do anything? He didn't. So did he or did he not do the service? And and the other thing is <sighs> that see. this is really dirty all the way down because he's not going to report this to the, the corporation headquarters. He's right. not going to Pay say. Me in cash. Exactly right. And it's not like he has his own stash off to the side of automatic trans fluid and, and his own you know flush machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he doesn't have his own coolant there. I'm sure of it. So what's going on here? Is this guy just on the take? Is he, I mean, is he, is he doing these services on the side to make his extra cash? Cause that's what I think is going on. Yeah. So the wrap up of this whole thing, you know, and we had this little conversation sure, about, sure. you know, this type of thing going on. And the wrap up is that she called back to the place to report it later. Cause I said, you know, it might be a good idea to report this to the, uh, to the, the headquarters. Smart move. Well, she called the, uh, the location, not the headquarters and she talked to the manager and it sounded like the manager was kind of in on it. Almost like the manager said, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, you know, give the guys a pep talk and uh, really tighten things up around here from now on. <laughs> uh, you know, we won't allow that to happen again, right. but it sounded like he already knew that kind of thing was happening at the location. Well, there are two things we should say, to okay. be fair, from the sure. show. One, um, the mechanic himself may have had very good intentions and may have just been worried, like, you really do have something wrong. I know, Initially. I know. I know you don't think that's the case, but maybe that is. Initially, but that's for the 250, right? Because that's the actual charge for, you know, what this chain would charge for those two services. I see. And then secondly, we have to, we have to make sure people understand that when you are at a chain place, it's still a case by case basis because it all goes down to who is managing the location. So we're not by any means saying that all these places are bad or full of, uh, fraudulent no, people. A- absolutely not. This is, uh, you know, this is one of those cases where it's like one bad apple. It's a bad apple. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way it goes. I mean, it happens, we've talked about it so many times with other mechanics, too. If you can find an honest mechanic, hang on to them. And there's a lot of them out there. That's, in fact, that's the norm. You know, the, the bad apples are the ones that are, you know, infrequent, but when it does happen, that's the one that everybody talks about, and here we are doing it right now. Yeah, boy, but that so, was smart to call the manager. It was, and there's little nuances to this whole story that I'm sure I'm not getting exactly right or, or conveying in the, cor- in the correct way, but uh-huh. it was interesting, you know, what happened. I, it was a real eye-opener, and I said, definitely do not go back with $100 and pay this person for that service. You know what I want to hear now What's for that? um for our next episode of Nuts and Bolts? I want people to write in with their uh, their mechanic stories. We want to hear the times where your spider sense went off or your intuition or your gut told you, hey, something's not right here. Yeah, and you made a, a judgment call and uh, and you believe it was the right judgment call. Right, yeah. You know, and the other thing is in our, net, in our next uh, Nuts and Bolts episode, let's uh, let's focus a little more on listener mail because I feel we only got to a few. Yeah. And uh, and really there's so many great listener mail um you know, submissions that we get that I would love to get some more of these out here. Yeah. So, uh, come be a part of our next nuts and bolts. Uh, Scott, you and I both have so many notes for this that we're going to have to do nuts and bolts 13 very soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the next one. Maybe it's, uh, maybe we'll skip a couple and then do one. I don't know. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Find out. But we have to go because I, you know, I've got all these, all these notes and not for nothing. Yeah. I mean, we're swimming in notes here. I mean, I've got them surrounding me at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a lot of good stories here, Ben. I've got like a pile of magazines. Yeah, you do. Some emails, some Facebook messages. I know. All right. Well, listeners, help us out. Help us make our list of listener mail even bigger. You can find us on Facebook. Drop us a line on Twitter. Tune in to carstuffshow.com to catch everything we have ever done with like one exception. <laughs> That's right. One, one exception. One episode. 
Uh, and if you have some ideas, some sketchy mechanic stories, some good car stories in general, now is the time to send us an email and you might just end up on the air with us. Our address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.